Thank you for choosing the Learning to Thrive podcast, where we have real conversations with real people about real life. And now, here's your host and my friend, David Higginbotham. Hi, and welcome to the Learning to Thrive podcast. My name is David Higginbotham, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Tom Kalanoff. Hi, good morning, Tom. Hey, hey, how we doing? Doing good. It's good to have a chance to record again and to, uh, we are finally to the, to the last bonus episode in this series that we've been working on. And, and we're here down to, uh, uh, the, the sixth of six, um, essential elements is what we've sort of been calling them essential elements for learning to thrive in life. We're down to the sixth one. Um, the, the, the previous episodes we've been using have been intended to help us as we develop our a thriving journey with Jesus. Um, the goal is that our growing in, in Christ in our journey with Jesus would be uh, an organically growing and developing uh, process. Um, one of those the first things we talked about was learning how to live loved. Secondly, was learning to love others in the same way that we are being loved by God. Abide daily was the third, learning to live life in Christ every day. And then spirit walk, learning how to keep in step with the spirit and soul care. That was number five, learning to care for our inner being, our inner man, our inner woman. And today we're talking about encouraging others. This is the sixth element learning how to impact the lives of others and encouraging others. So that's what we've been doing, Tom. And now we're to, uh, we're here to number six. Absolutely. And so these, these are not like, you know, a course in school where you finish it, you get your diploma and you're, you're, and, right. and then you're on to the next thing and you, you get your, your passport stamped or whatever. Ideally, we're engaging and growing in all of them. Yes, right. Yes. Yeah, we, this is not like taking English 101 and then English 102, and you don't ever have to go back to English 101 again because you've taken and passed the course. This is not that. This is our life is always going to be a journey where we are continuing to learn how to live loved. Because our understanding, our comprehension of it is going to grow as we grow and as we move along. So, yeah, you're right, Tom. It's not about, um, well, I've got this diploma now that I can hang on the wall, so I move to the next. It's about a, having a, 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 a growing relationship with God. And the thing is, as we are learning to share with others, as we're learning to share this journey with other people, this journey that we're making with Jesus, and we're learning how to include them in that journey. That's how we are learning to sow encouragement into their lives um, through through our words, through our interaction with them, through the life that we're living. And we're inviting them into the journey that we're making. And just by just by engaging with them, we bring encouragement to them. So how do we include them in that journey? What are some specific things? Well, I think I I was thinking about this, which is why. I was just sort of using that that image. It, I think, ultimately, that effective discipleship is modeled pretty much after what Jesus did with those guys that were learners with him. Um, you know, he said, "Hey, come follow me." I mean, that sounds that sounds kind of presumptuous, you know, that we would <laughs> we would say to someone, "Come follow me." <laughs> 
But what what you would mean by that, Tom, is that you would, it's someone that you know and you're engaging with, you would encourage them to make a journey with you, um, similar to the way that Paul said, follow me in the way that I follow Christ. It's about saying to someone, hey, come along with me. Let me give you a practical example. <clears throat> One of the things that I've done over the years is that if I have some opportunity that's going on, an opportunity to uh, minister in some way to someone or just to to uh, sit and talk, call somebody up. And I've done this with you. I did this with guys in Kansas City. I would say, hey, let's get together and have coffee. And uh, we would get together and talk, and and I would I would just encourage I would ask them questions and talk about their life and share what's going on in my life because when when you are on an a, an ongoing growing journey with Jesus and you're sharing that reality with someone else in a personal and direct way that that draws them into the reality of what you're living and um, you see. When there's an overflow of the life of Jesus in us, that comes about as we are maturing in our relationship. We're growing in our relationship with him. That's going to touch the lives of people that are around us. And what, what I'm encouraging us to do is to be purposeful about that, hmm. not just to wait for it to happen, but um, to be purposeful. And that purposeful engagement with other people is one of the things that draws them in to strengthen the relationship that we have and to, to feed them and to, um, you know, the old uh, phrase, you, you can't make a horse drink, but you can, you can lead a yeah. horse to water. You can't lead a horse make to make a drink. Right. Well, an mm -hmm. old farmer, I heard say, well, you put salt in the oats and that'll make yep. a drink. So yep. that idea of salting the oats a bit is, is how we invite them into uh, you know, to be a part of this journey that I'm making. And I, I think it, it, I think it's helpful. I, I, you know what? It was for me. Mm -hmm. It was for me. And so I want people to encounter and grow in a, in a vibrant, thriving relationship with Jesus in that journey too. Um, mm -hmm. What we're talking about here is yeah. organic or relational discipleship. I mean, it's it's about you sharing the dynamic life of Christ in your relationship. That, the primary interaction that you have with Him is you sharing the life of Christ. Mm -hmm. There are there is also information, and so information is a secondary thing. The discipleship mm -hmm. that I experienced in my younger days was all about the relate, all about the information. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, David gave me some notes as we, to kind of guide our discussion here. <laughs> he says, in his history, it sounds much more like a class course. One of my favorite authors, he yeah, talked no about homework. A, <laughs> yeah, he talked about a large church in the South, and they had this discipleship program. And I won't go into all the stuff he listed, but he went through this list, and he said. You could earn a Ph.D. almost easier than you could following this course. And he said any cult could use this type of a thing to yeah. lead people into. And he said, does this teach people about God or does it teach them how to truly walk with God? Yeah. 
And he said, there's a big difference. There's a huge difference. I mean, there's, there's a huge, huge difference. I mean, the, keep in mind, like, let's remember for, for just, just a few, few minutes here. The early church, the primitive church, the technical term they generally call the primitive church in that first century, those people from from the worst of Paul turned the world upside down. I mean, you know, they they uh, they had a major impact on the Mediterranean world of Rome. Their world, they turned their world upside down over the course of fifty to seventy five years, and they they ultimately had such an impact as to to several hundred years later caused the Roman emperor to realize, man, these guys are really on the rise. We better sort of get ahead of the curve. And Constantine sort of did that. And they did all that without a Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the old Testament scriptures at, at, they had access at some point and in some ways, and there were letters being written, you know, by probably, Oh, mm, Maybe twenty twenty five years after Christ ascended, there was there were letters and stuff being written around. Paul was writing some, mm-hmm. and but the 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 nothing was pulled together in a in a in a in a comprehensive way for several hundred years. They had the writings, they had the teaching, the apostles were traveling around. There was good stuff going on, but not nearly. The information, I'm using information in quotes here, not nearly the information that we have today. But what they did have was they did have an understanding of the nature of the discipleship that I think was practiced by Jesus. I don't think it was unique to Jesus, by the way. It was not uncommon for rabbis to have followers that would follow them around. And ultimately, perhaps if if he was very successful and if it grew, it would develop into a school. Uh, where he would be teaching these. And that was not just a religious thing. It was something that was philosophical. The, the Greeks had done it for years. So it, this is not about putting together a really cool, detailed notebook of 120 things to do so you can be a better Christian. It's about mm-hmm. growing and developing, you growing and developing, me growing and developing in that internal, organic life of Christ in me kind of thing and learning how to share that with other people. One of the things that I think, did you see the movie band of brothers? Uh, no, it I was a, not, it was actually, it was it. a, it was a, a, a series. It was a series. And, and it was about these guys at world war two who, who came together in boot camp, all these different places, all these different stuff mm-hmm. really. And through their being put together in this pressured situation in this ongoing way, uh, they became a band of brothers. They didn't like each other all the ways. And there were mm-hmm. some of them they didn't like at all, but they ended up being knit together. And that term sure. has, has come to be used of uh, of a group of people who through ups and downs and obstacles and successes and failures, mm-hmm. they hang together and stick together. And I think part of what we're talking about here is looking for the opportunity to develop a band of brothers or sisters. Totally. Because there's... Um, you got to learn how to share your life with other people. I mean, if, if you're a growing, if you're, if you have a sense of growing in your relationship with Jesus and you're growing in your heart and growing in your, in, in, in that spirit, part of your body, spirit, part of your life, then, then you have something to share with someone else. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And that's, that's what we're talking about. Looking for, um, an opportunity to develop a band of brothers. I mean, you and I met together with a group of some other guys yeah. for, I don't know how long was that? A couple of years, maybe about that. And, and life changes and people move on and go do other things. But we had a period of time yeah. where we're pretty much on a weekly basis. Yeah. We'd get together and have breakfast and talk and talk about life and talk about work and talk about family. And uh, I would occasionally pull a pen on a grenade and toss it into the middle of the group. And <laughs> we would <laughs> and say, would, Oh yeah. I would ask. We've referred to that on other podcasts. Yeah. 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 But, but you, but we had, we had a, a band of brothers, a group of guys. Now, it wasn't together forever, and and nothing ever is. Right. But but it was. That's the kind of thing, you know. One on one or a small group. Uh, I I typically think men with men and women with women. This is not just a guy. Sure. Thing. Sure. I mean, you're talking about community here, and. Uh, we, we've made this comment probably in just about every episode. We're not bashing the church. We are not against the church. It grieves me, though, that this band of brothers, band of sisters, this community that we're talking about here is so rare. It's so rare because a lot of home groups I've been in were just some type of extension of whatever was going on at the church. And you can't just randomly throw a bunch of people together, go through a little course and expect them to be a band of brothers. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this whole concept of band of brothers, band of sisters is sorely lacking. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that is that our broader culture um, has, has, created an environment where it, it tends to inhibit that. And we have such an independent spirit. We have that, you know, uh, that, 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 that individualism is such a strong cultural dynamic in, in our history and in our growing up, you know, the lone cowboy riding off into the sunset kind of thing. Um, the first time I ever saw this in practice was in Orlando. Brenda and I were had had come to be youth lead the youth and college ministry at at Florida Shores Baptist Church in South Orlando. And when we got there, we 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 the first Sunday or so that we were there, first Sunday or two we were there, we got invited over to this house for lunch. <clears throat> and we thought, oh yeah, they say yeah, come come, we're gonna have lunch. We got it. We got some people get together for lunch every Sunday. Come over. So we went over, and. uh you know, we got there, we got there kind of early because we, we didn't have anything else to do. And so, but, but people began to come in and they're bringing some of this. And some people brought something that they had picked up at the store and other people brought casseroles that they had. And the hosts had, had fixed a roast or something. I, I don't remember mm-hmm. what the food was, but it was all really pretty good. And, but there was a gathering that afternoon. And I'm thinking by the time it all got said and done, there was a gathering, old people to young people, probably 15 or 20 people mm-hmm. in this gathering. And, and I am just, I'm thinking, what is this? And I am, and I asked the person who'd invited us, who was not, it wasn't their house, by the way. Uh, how often you guys do this? And they said, oh, every Sunday. And I, everybody comes. I said, he said, well, yeah, sometimes everybody's here. There's some people not here today, and and you guys are here for the first time, essentially. And what it was is that 
it was an open thing. Mm-hmm. And there was this large group of people, large meaning, you know, more than 10, sure. coming for lunch together. And they would just sit and eat and talk and share. And, and it, it, <clears throat> there wasn't uh, nobody taught and nobody sang. It was just a gathering of friends. And these people and their children and sometimes their grandchildren, it was a multi-generational kind of thing, like any, unlike mm-hmm. anything I'd ever seen. Sure. And it was amazing. And we would go there from time to time. We didn't go every Sunday, but we started, we would go on a fairly regular basis. Everybody's mm-hmm. welcome. Hey, bring some food and come. Sure. And, and the people, they had been doing this at their home for years. And it was, I can tell you this, it was a strong, strong supportive element of the life of that church. Right. Because you know, they were with, friends connected right. together, sharing life together. Mm-hmm. And when one would encounter a crisis, others would come in around them. And one right. would have a celebration. They would have a, cel- they'd have a birthday cake because some kid had a birthday, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was just a wide thing. It was, it was, it was the only organized aspect of it was it was going to be at a certain place after church on Sunday and bring some food. Mm-hmm. But life happened there. What, that, what you're community. talking about, right? What you're talking about reminds me of church I used to be involved with. And a couple times a year, special event, I think Christmas was one. I don't remember exactly, but special events in lieu of the normal Sunday morning right. that we would actually, and I was involved with this church and I did a lot of work there. In lieu of the normal Sunday morning, we would have tables in there. And, you know, there'd be coffee and there'd be food and there'd be all this stuff. And I remember thinking after some of those events, I thought, why don't we do this all the time instead of the other (laughs) Sunday morning stuff we do? Because there was life in it. There was these interactions and and you you in invariably somebody would start a song and we'd sing a song and you know sometimes the pastor or sometimes somebody else would just hey man this is on my heart i want to share this scripture or share this this thought that came to me and it just struck me <laughs> why don't we do this every sunday that's a great question it's a great question and i don't think there's a really good answer for it i mean See, life in Christ, life in Christ is intended to be lived within the context of community, like mm-hmm. the community, the gathering, the gathering together. Yep. The ecclesia is the gathered ones, mm-hmm. those who come together sharing life in Christ. And I think life in Christ is intended to be lived in that kind of community with other people who are living life in Christ, too. It's that mm-hmm. coming together and living sharing life with one another. They had that group had their different homes, but there was a connecting point other than just the Sunday morning meeting. Now there was a, there would be people who would come to this meeting who no longer went to the church. Yeah. But this meeting was, was important. This gathering, I call it a meeting. It was lunch. Yeah. It was, this sounds like how the one another commands come into play. Well, it really is. You look at those one another commands that, that are given us several times. There are different places throughout the New Testament. We hear this instruction to, you know, uh, encourage one another, to love one another, to forgive one another, that kind of thing. That doesn't happen in a formal meeting very often or very well. And I think you're right. It is one of those ways in which the one another commands. 
So as we're maturing, as we're maturing in our journey with Jesus and sharing life in community with others, helping them discover, nurture, and grow in these six key elements that we've been discussing, it will bring encouragement into their lives. Is that what we're saying? That's exactly what we're saying. I think, excuse me. I think we oftentimes want to encourage other people, but we don't know what to say because we think there's something we're supposed to say. Or we don't necessarily know what we should do because there must be something that we should do. When I think probably the thing that encourages most of us most often is just simply the connection with another human being who cares. Right. And and who may not have an answer to my difficulty, but they're there with me. Right. And they're, they're there to love me and to encourage and to support me um, just by their presence. And, and you know, it, it, I'm not talking about resolving people's problems. I mean, I, I'm dealing with a guy right now who he's got some stuff, man. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's got stuff. And I, I, I am not, my role in his life is not to help him fix himself. My role in his life is just to be there mm-hmm. and to go have lunch with him occasionally or to have, have some coffee and to ask the questions, you know? Right. Hey, how are you doing? Because if you ask this guy how you're doing, he's going to tell you. Sure. And you know how it is when you, you, there are some people you really don't really want to ask how they're doing. Exactly. Because you don't have 30 minutes to listen to, you know, well, but somebody's got to ask and somebody's got to be there. Yeah. Somebody's got to care. I won't bring up one of the grenades you dropped in our meeting, <laughs> but I'm going to allude to it kind of. There's, <clears throat> when you're in a religious mindset, uh, this is my paraphrase. When you're in a religious mindset, and when you are towing the company line in whatever denomination you're in, you know, there's certain things that are kind of givens that, okay, you're being a good Christian if ABC. And we talked about, you know, evangelism before. <laughs> well, I will say it. David said one time, we can edit this out if he wants to. David said one time, the Bible never tells us to evangelize. And we're like, Huh? And, you know, and then he went on to talk about, tells us to make disciples, and we kind of unpack what that meant. But I drive, I drove over and lift for years. I now work for a shuttle service. And I've had some of my uh, good religious friends, whoa, have you evangelized a lot of people? You know, why you've been driving them around and, and all this kind of stuff. And you know, a couple of things that I strongly believe that I've picked up, not only from Holy Spirit, but from some other teachers, Jesus did not say they will know you are my disciples by your programs, by your worship service, by they know you you are my disciples by your love one one for another. And Jesus also said, you will overcome evil with good. We overcome evil with good. And so what I have done, what I have done over the years that I've been driving is I share goodness. Mm-hmm. I share a kind word. I, I share a smile. I share now. And, and I believe that has impacted a lot of people. 
I had a lady that was worked for Division of Family Services over a four-state region, very spiritually in tune. And I remember I, I took her to her hotel and then picked her up a couple, a couple days later. And the first thing she said to me when she looked at me, she said, you know what? Some of the things you have said to people has prevented them from committing suicide. And I was like, whoa. And I said, I think you're right. And I shared some of my stories, you know. And, and so the point is, that's what I've done. I've just shared goodness, shared encouragement. And that's been my primary thing. If there's been a deeper spiritual discussion that's come up, I've done that. But there's a lot of people in Christendom that would think, well, dude, you're missing opportunities here. The the challenge that most Christians, particularly evangelical Christians, face um, is dealing with the guilt that they feel about not evangelizing. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, it, it's one of those things that people deal with. I feel because we've been trained that there are certain things that you should say to people. Yeah. And and if you're not saying those certain things, and if people don't say certain things, then they're, they're, they're not, they haven't come to Christ. You know, there's this sinner's prayer thing. There's, there's, and right. you know, the Roman road and the four spiritual <laughs> laws or these, all these different things, none of which share the gospel, by the way, they share a quote unquote plan of salvation. But the gospel begins with God so loved the world. The thing that motivated God in everything that happened in and through Jesus Christ was his love for the cosmos. And Christ was in the process of reconciling the world to God. That's the gospel begins. The gospel begins. Not The gospel doesn't begin with you're a dirty, rotten sinner and you're going to hell if you don't change your ways. <laughs> Although. That is what is generally understood to be true. And I'm telling you now, that is not the gospel. The gospel begins with Jesus. It begins with the heart of the Father for the the broken world that existed at the time and exists even now. Mm -hmm. And so the gospel begins with that. I'm, I'm convinced because I look back and I see it having happened in the first century, in the first few centuries. The thing that had the most powerful impact on the Roman Empire empire, is how the Christians responded when crisis came up. When a plague would come through, people would abandon the region and the Christians would stay and tend to the sick. Why do you do that? Well, because God loves these people. Mm -hmm. and, And the overflow of their organic pursuit and journey with Jesus caused them to act in a way that was contrary to the culture. And I can tell you this, to the degree that that happens today, to that degree, we have an impact on the culture. Wow. Well, it's about, it's true. It's true. And, and the thing that you and I are encouraging in this sort of meandering conversation here, the thing that we are encouraging people to consider is when Jesus is growing when your your relationship with Jesus is growing and developing and and, and expanding in your life, you're going to thrive. Right. You're going to be receiving his love in an ever-increasing way. His love is always the same, but we don't always receive it well. 
His love is 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 growing in an ever in an ever increasing way, and that allow that pours out of us into other people, and we begin to love others in the way that we're being loved. We begin to recognize that my life is in Him, and I'm learning how to abide, live my life in Christ. He is my life. Mm-hmm. Every day I'm learning to live in Him. Every day I'm learning that I, when I wake up, I'm completely and fully loved and accepted by God. That means I can completely, fully love and accept you. The more I'm loved and accepted, the more I embrace that and realize it, the more love I have to share with you. My life is in Christ. I want to keep in step with what the Holy Spirit is doing in me and doing around me. I want to nurture and care for my heart so that I can truly be. And from that being, I can be the man that God has made me to be. I can be that guy. Not because I'm striving, but because I'm receiving. And that puts me in positions of actually being able to offer encouragement to somebody mm-hmm. because it's pouring out of me, maybe in small drops, but small drops to an incredibly thirsty man feels like a gallon. Yeah. And so that's, that, that is what is behind this entire project that we've been doing here in the Learning to Thrive podcast, sharing Mm -hmm. stories about people that we began the first uh, few episodes, sharing the stories of people who had, in the midst of their struggle and their difficulty, had encountered the love and the grace and the mercy and the peace of God Mm -hmm. and how how that has affected them and how that affects other people. And that led us into the... These, these, you know, these essential elements for thriving things that we've been doing, all of what we've been doing in this podcast flows out of that, out of that understanding of the reality of the life of Christ in me and its impact in my life, having an impact in yours. And you know what? It's expressed most clearly. I'm convinced it's expressed most clearly in the context of community. And let me define community. I don't know if I've done this or not, but let me just tell you what I think community is. I see community as a group of individuals who are purposefully connected, purposefully connected to support and encourage one another in life. Purposefully connected to support and encourage one another in life. And that's not Mm -hmm. something that, that's something we have to work on. Right. We have to grow and develop it. So that doesn't sound like a Sunday morning service type of activity. And, oh, there's so much stuff. It isn't. Exploding, exploding in my heart. How, I don't even know the question to ask, but I'll try. How, what would need to happen for us to go from this program-oriented, come-to-the-meeting superficial experience that in my opinion is predominant predominantly describes western christianity to true community where people are thriving together what needs to happen well let me answer that question um in the clearest way i know how that is way above my pay grade I, 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 I come up against that regularly. You know, yeah. you know what is not above my pay grade? Do, 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 do. Hey, yep. Tom, David Higginbotham, <laughs> buddy, how you doing? 
Yeah. Hey, I, I was thinking about you and just wondering how you do. What's the what's the chance of us having coffee next week? Yeah. So what's a good time to do that? I just, I, you know what? I, I've been praying for you, man. I, I, I just want to catch up with you and see how you're doing. Right. Do, 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 do. It starts with us. Hey, Bill. Bill, how are you and Mary doing? Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna be grilling some. I'm gonna be smoking some ribs next uh, next Saturday afternoon. You and Mary want to come over. Jack and Sue, they're coming over. And uh, John and and, and Mary Lou, I, she they might be able to, but I just you know come over, bring something that goes with with barbecue, and let's just we want to we just want to hang out with you guys. Yeah, Tom, Tom, I I can't starts with us. I can't I can't fix the church. Right, God knows, I, it just breaks my heart to think about it. I spent so oh. many years hmm. upset about the condition of the church. Yeah. And and so many wasted hours and wasted days being upset and angry because it wasn't the way I thought it was supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, I, I repented. I changed my mind mm-hmm. about that. And I finally realized, boneheaded as I am, that Jesus said that he would build the church. He said he would build the church. Right. And uh, I spent so many years upset because the kingdom of God wasn't being expressed the way I felt like it should be. And I finally came to the conclusion that after reading the New Testament numerous times, that Jesus never told us to build or establish the kingdom. (laughs) Frankly, I think it's above our pay grade, Mm -hmm. buddy. I mean, it's above mine. You know, it really is. I think it's above. But you know what? You know what I can do? Hey, Tom. Hey, let's get together and have coffee, man. Yeah. Because I want to one another with you. Yes. I I want to share. I want to share the life of Christ that's sort of bubbling up in me and it's bubbling up in me. And I I just, I, I want to share that with you. Right. I want to encourage you. And the stuff that we really need to flourish in life, to thrive in life, isn't going to happen on a Sunday morning. I'm yeah. not saying Sunday morning is a waste of time. I'm saying it's mm-hmm. not all there is. Right. It, it's a good supplement, but if the only if the only meal you ever eat is Sunday morning, you're in bad shape. Yep. Life is exchanged when living people come together, right? bump up against one another. And that's the thing we're talking about here, encouraging others. See what's amazing? When you said the word supplement, Sunday morning being a supplement, I'm like, that is so antithetical because for most, that is the main course. Listen, <laughs> if, 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 if the Sunday morning gatherings or if you have several gatherings in your church, and some do, if, if the gatherings at your church building, if those things are the primary source of life in your life, you're not going to make it flourishing. You're just not yeah. going to. You know, he, 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 his life is in you on Monday. His life is in you on Tuesday. 
You don't get an infusion of his life when you go on the Wednesday night to the prayer meeting or whatever that is. You don't get an infusion of his life when you go on Sunday morning. You just gather together with some other people. And, and, and there's a certain sharing of life that happens there. And there's, there's some stuff that happens in the group gathering that doesn't happen by yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a waste of time. I'm just saying it's not the primary source. Christ in you today is the primary source. When you wake up in the morning at six o'clock, when you wake up in the middle of the night at two 30, like I did the other day, when you wake up always, there's never a time, Tom, there's never a time when the thriving, vibrant life of Jesus is not in you. Now you're not always going to feel it right because we're humans and we're emotional beings and we make bad decisions. And we, we, we sort of, sometimes we're just a hot mess. Okay. We, we just are. Mm Mm-hmm. But his life is there in us even then. And he's waiting for us to calm down. Okay. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. Let's let's pick you up and here we go. Let's, Let's dust you off. Come on. Good boy. There you go. Good guy. Dry those tears. Okay. Let me give you a big hug, buddy. Come here. Get up in my, come here. Sit in my lap. Let me hug you. You know what? It's okay. I understand because I've been there. I know how hard it is. I know how challenging it is. Now let's, let's try to spend the rest of the day walking together because I'm here for you. I'm telling you, Tom, it took me too many years. It took me too many years to discover that. And I'm telling you also, I'm spending the rest of my life with that message. Yes. That's, that's the heart of God for his people. Yes. God's not angry. He's never been angry with you. God's not holding your sin against you. He never has. Your failure to him is like a child who falls down and skins their knee. And he has compassion for you and he picks you up and he fixes your, he fixes your knee. He helps you get yeah. back on path and he's there to help you grow day by day, week by week, year by year into that, to that thriving, shining example of his life in you. That's the heart of God for his people. And when you make bad choices, you know what? He's going to correct you. He's going to say, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You see what happened when you made that choice? That's why you don't make that choice. Come on, let's get rid of that and let's get back on track. I'm convinced that's the heart of God for his people. And I'm telling you this, Tom, the rest of my life, if I have the opportunity to live a long life, is going to be flavored with that. Yeah, That's the flavor of my life. And you know what? I think we've gone as long as we need to on this. I don't have anything else. Thank you so much for for staying with us to the end here. And uh, I appreciate you listening through these six essential elements of thriving in life and hearing us talk. And Tom, uh, Brady, listen, I really appreciate you walking through this with me. I appreciate you as well, man. This has been amazing. This has been a blessing. Guys, thank you for listening. Until we have a chance to talk again, Godspeed to you. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Learning to Thrive podcast. We hope you have been encouraged. 
please be sure to join us again next time. Together, we are learning to thrive.